0: Follow your heart and be kind while doing so. I'm Kaylin Wheeler, and this is My530.
1: week, we are welcoming the lovely Kaylin Wheeler to the 5.30 podcast.
2: I've had the greatest pleasure of being friends with Kaelin and her family for many, many years now. She's an optimistic person, one who can boast a humble, helpful nature, and a person who is motivated to live the right way, even during difficult times.
1: Kaylin is so articulate, open, and honest about her upbringing and family, which not only has shaped her into the woman that she is today, but has also inspired her to channel her thoughts and emotions through music and songwriting.
2: Not only is Kaylin an amazing singer and songwriter, she's also raising two amazing humans. That is why motherhood is one of the things that still blows my mind, because once you become a mom, you cannot switch off ever. Much love and respect, and
1: we really hope that you enjoyed this episode.
2: Kaylin! Thanks so much for being on the podcast. I know it didn't take a lot of convincing (laughs) for you to be here. I think you're super awesome and amazing friend. We've known each other for like a decade. Over a decade now. Over a
1: decade. Almost twelve years.
2: That's crazy.
1: I know. And this is my first time meeting you. So I'm so happy to have you here. Thank you for being with us. Thanks for having me.
2: We're gonna have like a bit of backstory about your life because I know that at a very young age you moved from the United States to live in Europe.
0: Yeah, Belgium.
2: Belgium. Yeah, (laughs) Could you tell us like a story about this whole experience,
0: please? It was amazing. So growing up in the States till I was 10, my mom got remarried when I was 10. And they were both teachers, and they decided to do this adventure overseas. They both had wanted to live overseas. So off we went. Literally, they got married in July, and then we got on a plane a few days later. And so everything I had known... I was leaving, which was very daunting, especially my grandparents helped raise me. So saying bye to them was really, um, I didn't know how it was going to go. I was petrified to be honest. And whereabouts
1: in the States had you? Florida. Florida. Okay.
0: Yeah. Florida. And so, yeah, my uncles were there. My cousins were there. Everything was there, but moving there was the, honestly, the best thing that's ever happened to me. Like, um, kind of what my kids are experiencing now being at an international school. People are used to kids coming in, moving away. So making friends was like super, super easy. Um, I had like moved once in Florida and that was very tough on me because kids kind of didn't accept the new kid or accept diversity. It's like kind of like a threat. Who is this person? It was the total opposite in Belgium. So an incredible upbringing from 10 to 18. I was there. So graduated high school there, lived in Antwerp for two years, and then moved to Brussels at a, a little bit of a bigger school. And um, yeah, I was into sports and we got to travel kind of all over the world to play on weekends. And my stepfather, he ran a park in Austria, like a summer camp. Mm-hmm. So every summer we were in Austria, <laughs> and I'm meeting kids from all over the world there. And I mean, all of them are like some of my best friends till this day. And that's what got adventure in my blood and travel in my blood. And I get antsy now staying in one place. And now being here almost 12 years is the longest consecutive year wise. I've lived anywhere. And so, so I'm kind really of like home now. It's home. Yeah. It's home.
2: A hundred percent. I think, uh, we've talked about like you guys moving back to the States, but it's just like, really, we
0: had always had that idea. um, especially when things happen in your family Mm -hmm. and you feel like this need, okay, I might need to go back and, and handle this or be there for support for this because life happens and you lose people, you lose family members. But when we really sat down and thought about it, being over here is inspiring to like my siblings or my friends and it gives them a desire to travel and do that and not just stay in one place. And this is home. And any time I would be back, I'm mm-hmm. like, this doesn't actually feel like home. And this is where my kids are born. Our kids are born. This is where, you know, our careers have started and have developed and all of that. So, yeah, no, I don't think we'll be going back. I don't know. <laughs> you never know. But no, I don't think we'll ride this wave as long as we can.
2: Well, it's a good decision anyway. So. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> so we still have you here. How did you end up in Dubai?
0: So this for me, this is one of like the best stories of my life so far, oh, truly. Cool. So like, I'm excited to share it. Um, and one of those things that everything happens for a reason and timing is everything. Um, so got my degree in psychology, kept saying to my mom, I want to be a flight attendant, travel the world, you know, and she said, just get your degree just to get, just so you have it, get your degree. <laughs> <clears throat> so yeah, I got my degree in psychology because it's super interesting. And then I had this job lined up as a flight attendant, like three months before graduation, had the job. And now my stepfather, weirdly, was now a general manager of a water park in Idaho. And he, what are these um, meetings that you do? IAPA. IAPA, yeah. yeah. So he was at this IAPA meeting or whatever. And he comes back and he's like, Kaylin, this general manager in Dubai is looking for a management trainee to teach English to colleagues. Are you interested? And I'm like, oh, I was like, I just got my dream job lined up, (laughs) you know? So this is 2010. Just got my dream job lined up. So it was like a definite no, like that. that's not happening. So he goes, okay, no worries. Just thought I'd ask, you know, you love to travel. Just say, well, I got my job traveling. So you know, we're good. We're good. So shut that down. So I go to the training, which is in Missouri for this flight attendant job. And I had this feeling again of like, don't fit in here. Like, again, I'm not going to mention any names, of <laughs> yeah, like, yeah. The, but <clears throat> the training, I didn't even see an aircraft. Until a week before I was supposed to be a flight attendant, an operating oh no. flight attendant. And it's usually just one crew. They were the tiny little planes, you know, and just one cabin crew per plane and didn't get to see that. And I'm like, this isn't, this is not right. And I didn't work this hard, you know, in school to settle. Like if I'm going to do a job, it has to be something that I'm passionate about and feels right in my heart. This isn't it. Now, being someone that, like, follows the rules and listen to my parents, you know, I'm like, oh, my God, they're going to kill me if I now <laughs> give up this job. But I did. And a week before graduation, I handed in the manual. I said, this isn't for me. And I drove my little Kia Rio, which was a stick shift, by the way, which I had only just learned how to drive a stick shift. <laughs> so I drove it by myself at 22 from Missouri all the way across the country to Idaho. That's that's far. It was, it took me a couple days and um, I'm thinking, I hope I haven't disappointed my family or whatever. So I get back to Idaho and I'm like, what do I do? I'm starting to look for jobs again. Nothing's like sparking my interest. I said, I got to get overseas, do a short like au pair gig in Switzerland, Mm -hmm. travel a little bit there, come back to the States, look for stuff. And I remember we're now heading into almost a year after graduation. So 2011 like April, 2011. And I have no idea what I'm doing with my life, right? Like, so I start crying and I'm living with my parents again. I'm like, this isn't right. So I start crying on the stairs and my stepfather comes up to me. He's like, what's wrong? And I'm like, why am I living here still? Like I should be doing something. And then this light bulb goes off in my head. And I said, do you still like keep in touch with that GM in Dubai? And he's like, yep. And it was now a year later and they wanted the management trainee position for it was a one-year thing. So I'm like, maybe that position's open again. He's like, I'll send an email. Okay. The next day they're like, Yep, they're looking for a management trainee. You need to be Tesla certified. So teaching in the a second language. Did like a month course, like crash course and that, on the flight to Dubai. Now, the reason why this is the best story ever mm-hmm. of timing is my husband. Now, my now husband had just arrived at Wild Wadi as a technician, like three months prior. And I came. If I had done the year before, we might have just missed each other.
2: Oh, that's true. Because you if it had, was like a year stint, right? Yeah.
0: So if I had said yes the year before, we might have just missed each other. So timing really worked out in my
1: favor. If it works, got it to works. It's amazing. Yeah.
2: What's for you is for you.
1: I love yeah. it when you can look back on things in life and just be like, whoa. Yeah. Things were actually really aligned on that day or it yeah. well, it's amazing. Yeah. Yeah. So really cool.
2: And then from then on, you, you became an English teacher. I remember like meeting, yeah. you. I think you replaced one dude who's also like really awesome, yeah. but not as an English because he was an operation. He wasn't
0: doing English. Yeah. So I was there to teach the colleagues English yeah. so they could go up a level, get promoted. Um, and it was amazing. And I ended up doing it almost two years Oh, that's I, cool. I helped rewrite like the English workbooks and things like that and then after that yeah so two years later got to finally pursue the flight attendant gig and that was really fun because I did get to travel and do that
2: I just want to know a lot of things about being a flight attendant oh my God. because it's there's like a lot of things I think I've heard like really good things and equally bad yeah. things but pursuing your dream job what was was the, what was the most exciting thing I think it's very obvious but
0: yeah. So again, went back to following my heart and something that I always wanted to do was be a flight attendant. Um, so went for an interview for that and found out the next day I got it, which was awesome. What was the like recruitment process? It like, was like a full day. I was actually quite shocked. So it was, yeah.
2: Full day of interview?
0: Yeah. Full day. And a bunch of people were there. So they did um, like a group interview where <laughs> they're angry passengers, you know, and You have to handle that situation, which is kind of, you can't help but laugh, right? It's like, this is not organic, (laughs) (laughs) but I guess I did something right. And then they kind of cut people along the way. Oh, savage, really? Yeah, they cut people. This was a long time ago, but I don't know how they do it now, but they were cutting people along the way.
2: Does that mean you need to have like an open mind and a good sense of humor?
0: I mean, I, mean, I don't
2: are you just gonna get stressed? <laughs> <laughs> what was the question? I'm very patience. En- it must yeah. be patience.
0: Patience, yeah. How are you gonna deal with this? Like, I mean, I think I got like an easy one. I think it was like I don't like this food. Whereas another one had like, you know, it's my wedding day and the flight's delayed and you know, all these things that could go wrong. And passengers do get stressed out sometimes when traveling. So how are you gonna diffuse a situation? I think they wanted to see that you're quite calm, cool, and collected. I do feel like I'm calm. I do you feel get like you, calm you are very calm. I, I do feel like I'm good under pressure as well.
2: You are very good under but pressure. But
0: then sometimes once you're in it, it doesn't matter how calm you are. <laughs> like if they don't like you, the passenger, they do not like you. So it was a lot of firsts of like feeling, oh man, like why was I spoken to that way? Which yeah. th- it was quite shocking. But yeah, the, the interview process was a whole day. And you see people getting sent home, and then it ends up being like it starts with like a hundred people. It's like and a real life Squid Game. <laughs> <laughs> but it's yeah, that is down to about ten or so, and then you have kind of like one-on-one interviews, and they're asking you questions as well, like, "Do you mind wearing red lipstick?" And I'm like, "No, that's my <laughs> color." I mean, which not? I was like, "Well, I did say something like I can just take it off when I get home, you know? Like this is my dream job; I'll do whatever." Wait you a know? minute, do you, women? some women
2: don't want to wear lipstick? I'm confused.
0: <laughs> I well as you have to like this was another thing which I loved um about the airlines over here is you do have to it kind of gave me Pan Am vibes of yeah. like how it used to be where you know my my grandfather's a pilot and he was like you know back in our day you would get like a you know six meal service and the flight attendant spoke like five languages and they looked perfect the whole flight and that is quite amazing to think about. Yeah, and It's just so. It was so glamorous. Glamorous, very glamorous. And so what I liked about that was when with these companies over here, you walk in the airport, people will look at you, you yeah. know, especially when you land in different countries, they look at you taking pictures because you're bringing that, you know, kind of glamour back into it, even though
1: you don't feel that way. Yeah. I remember being a little girl. I used to fly here all the time from the UK and I was mesmerized Yeah, by the air hostesses. I was just they were just the most incredible. Yeah, I also was. women. I also was, and from a young age,
0: because my grandfather was a pilot and we flew all the time, I'm like, I'm going to be what they are one day, you know, just exactly the same thing, yeah. looking at them in awe, and awe i like, so pretty. And you get to travel the world. What's, How cool.
2: What's your favorite destination?
0: Favorite destination. So yeah, I was talking to you guys a bit earlier. They sent me to the States a lot, <laughs> <laughs> which I was like, come on. Give me like Seychelles, give me Maldives, which they never did. (laughs) Never got to go there. No way. Yeah. No, didn't get to go there. William Wheeler
2: announcement. Oh yeah. Oh, it's definitely
0: on our bucket list for sure. Um, But there was one month, which was awesome. I got to do all these amazing places. Nepal is definitely on my list. It was really cool. Didn't know what to expect. Went to a monkey temple there. Just beautiful place. Like, just really, really pretty. And I, I had enough time where we got to have a tour guide and they showed us around and, um, got to stop and look at the beautiful Pajminas and, um, yeah, just kind of be a part of the culture there for, for a day. I was going to
1: say, so typically how long is a layover?
0: So again, for me, unfortunately, like the States was about 24 hours. Um, and then my roommate who, she got great. Great flights, like to Europe, which is not nearly as far as Mm -hmm. the States, but she'd get like sometimes two to three days there. Um, So again, it just depends on what they give you. And I got the States a lot, but this one month I did Nepal. I did a Singapore-Brisbane trip, which was Singapore 24 hours, Brisbane 24 hours, back to Singapore for 24 hours, and then, um, yeah, back to your home destination. But that was fun for me because it was the first time where we had the
1: same crew for all five days. Because that's also another thing I've heard is that you can take you can work for the airline for four or five years, however long you're there, and never take never be on Mm -hmm. the same flight as another crew. That's right.
0: And I don't think I really did. I think there was one awesome girl from England, and I think I had a couple of flights with her and we saw each other again. We're like, Yeah, it's gonna (laughs) be fun, because that's a hit or miss too. You can work great with some people and some people just Yeah, I was just how's
2: how's the vibe in the and the cabin, like, do you get along or do you have to get along with the rest of the crew?
0: I mean, I, I don't like tension at all. So like, I'm going to make an effort to talk to them. They're your teammates, you know, mm-hmm. for those, you know, 24 hours or a few hours. Um, but yeah, some, some didn't want to, you know, so it's yeah. a hit or miss. And this trip, the, the girls that we were with and for five days, I mean, we were in sync You know, we were just having fun, traveling together. So that was fun. And where
2: where was this flight headed to?
0: Singapore, Brisbane. Oh, cool. So it was like, that was the longest trip too. So I was happy it was a good group of girls.
2: I love Singapore. Singapore
0: Singapore was was amazing. I I kind of get similar vibes there as I do here.
2: It's like Dubai Marina, but on steroids.
0: (laughs) (laughs) It's really, yeah, Yeah. no, really nice place. Um, What was the hardest part about
1: being an air
0: stewardess? That would be being spoken to extremely rudely at times and for no reason. And like back then, you know, mid twenties, I, uh, I feel like I didn't have that big a strong of a backbone at the time to handle that. I mean, I would not cry in front of these people. I'd wait till I got into the hotel room, but it was just like, what did I do to make this person speak to me like that? And a lot of these girls can tell you and guys can tell you the same story, you know, Um, Maybe they just woke up on the wrong side of the bed that that day or were stressed about something and you're the one they let it all out on. And um, that was tough for me because I like to see the best in people. So it was a bit disappointing when when that would happen. But it's okay. I just don't get it
2: sometimes when when people can at least like come across rude or disrespectful to someone that you you don't know. And when you're just
0: trying to help at the end of the day, you're just trying to help them. Yeah.
2: But is it like a cultural thing or is it the personal thing? I'm, I I want to erase, like cross out the cultural thing, but I don't know. I j- just be nice.
0: Just be nice.
2: Whatever the case is. The Wait,
0: c- yeah. And this is what I tell my kids too. You know, it's like, it's much easier to be kind for me than if, it is to be mean.
2: If you have nothing nice to say, just shut up.
0: No, <laughs> why, why, why ruin saying, someone's day? Exactly. Yeah, it's, what, it's what all of our moms taught you.
2: If but we, I think uh, that's
1: us, if you don't have anything nice to say, do not say anything at all. Exactly. Yeah. Um, yeah. Was then, it everything that you hoped it would be having kind of like dreamt so passionately about this? It was. It was. And job. like
0: looking back at it now, too, again, I liked getting dressed up. That was a proud feeling. You know, I, there were because I went to the States so much there. Were, I knew the areas. So I knew the restaurant I would want to go to. And like being in New York City when it's Christmas time yeah. is pretty magical. Being in Chicago when it's cooler weather is is very very magical. And they, you know, I I knew the places I knew where I was going to go get my sushi after the flight, you know, and you get to know the people around that area too, a little bit. So they're like, Oh, Hey, nice to see you again. And it's just that familiarity. And after a long flight like that, just knowing, Oh, I know this is waiting for me there and getting into a little routine in that way was really cool. And then took the opportunity, like anytime I landed in a new place, that excitement when you land you can't really explain it, you know? It's just this feeling you get inside of like, this is so cool. This is so, so cool. Um, and yeah, I would always take the opportunity to explore. Again, some, sometimes people would come with me, sometimes they wouldn't. And these are people who've been doing this job for years, so I get it. They're probably tired by that point, you know? I mm-hmm. just
2: want to rest, like laying back.
0: Yeah, and that's why yeah. I like doing it for just a year. Yeah. Because I saw myself being like, this might get very tiring. Yeah, and I might not, you know, want to yeah. go out and adventure. I might just want to. So I did it while I still had that. Just excitement. tick it off your
2: bucket list. Just ticked it if off your bucket will. list,
0: and I did it. Yeah.
2: And what what did you do next?
0: After that, then became a nursery teacher, and I've been doing that for about eight years. Wow, mm-hmm.
2: you must have a real like a lot of patience to <laughs> be around. And you're generally a nice person It's super calm and collected. <laughs> But like that's that's a lot of like an undertaking because you're shaping up these kids through their formative years.
1: What um, age? Yeah. yeah. So
0: what age group is that? I you, taught most of those years two and three year olds. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, and that's a was, lot. <laughs> it was so fun. Yeah. It, that and again, it was that feeling of kind of like how I had coming to work here and I was in the office hearing all these different accents. That sense of being, oh, I'm home. This is this is going to be good. Have the same like warm. Fuzzy feeling inside. Like you, I would prefer to work with kids over adults any day of the week because they don't hurt your feelings. You you know, they, they love you. They give you hugs. You get to sing with them. You get to mold Play-Doh with them. (laughs) You get to act silly and it's okay. No one's judging you. They like that. The sillier that you are, the more they respond to you. They look up to you. They look up to you. And then you get a nice um, rapport with the parents, you know, and trust is so big when it comes to your kid and like now being a mom i see that immensely like you have to have the trust of the teacher like you're literally giving your heart to this other person to take care of for the day so you want that connection for them with their teacher and i always thought about that even before i had kids i was like these parents are literally giving their heart to me i'm going to take good care of it
2: no that's nice <laughs> you've always been a really kind person like ever since i've i've, I've known you, you. Too. Thank you. Um, <laughs> what, what do you still like? Get in touch with the parents or
0: some? Or, yeah, like yeah. that was kind of frowned upon, right? Like, and I yeah. would always say, like, they're like, could, some some of them would be if you have that connection with someone, they would be like, could we get your number? And I'm like, yeah, definitely at the end of the academic year. And some of them are some of my good friends, like really close friends here. That's, so
1: that's really it's been really good in that regard as well. So what made you decide after working in the airline and airline industry to go into teaching? Um, I've three younger
0: siblings, like much younger. Abby was born when I was 13 and then they're twins, boy and girl twins that were born when I was 14. So I helped a lot. Um, Not too much. You know what I mean? Like not, I didn't feel like I was pressured into (laughs) helping and changing nappies and things like that. But I had a lot of experience with kids already and loved working with them and then did the au pair gig for a little bit in Switzerland and had that experience. And then teaching adults, um, as my first job here, I loved the teaching aspect. Like it, and again, you feed off of each other. I felt like I learned a lot from my adult students and, um, it's, it's an amazing thing. Like you're spending a lot of time with these people, you're learning from each other. And then, like I said, children are just magic. And so, I was just like, well, let's get, and I remember my first boss actually, when Chris oh. and I worked together. I remember him being like, you'd be a great nursery teacher or preschool teacher. I can see you with little kids, like singing to them. <laughs> <laughs> and I did, yeah. I, I sang a lot of the guitar, sang lots of nursery songs. It was good fun.
2: Talking about guitar, you, you play music. You've got like a really great singing voice and you're very talented. Thank you. How did you discover that you're into music?
0: Oh, when I came out into the world, because my mom apparently like put the headphones on her tummy and was playing musicals a lot. So Les Miserables, um, when I tell you, I probably knew every word in line to the musical Les Miserables when I was five. I'm telling you the truth. Like, yeah. And my grandma, she would make my Halloween costumes. She was so talented with sewing. And so um, one year I was like, could you make me an Eponine costume and like no one had any idea who I was but she was like absolutely and she sewed this beautiful like French flag that I wore as like a cape and had these rags on and I'm going like trick-or-treat they're like who are you and I'm like I'm Ebony, Ebony from Les Miserables and this was another thing that my mom was so good at she would always explain what the musicals were about and what the story was about no matter kind of how intense it was and she would talk to me like an adult and I would know what was going on. So Lay is Joseph and the Technicolor Coat, Miss Saigon, Cats, A Chorus Line.
2: A proper theater. Yeah, I did and
0: not my, know that. My, my grandparents had tickets to this really cool theater and um, like the traveling Broadway mm-hmm. uh, folks, you know. And so yeah. they had passes there and tickets there, yearly tickets. So we would go often and they brought me along. You know, they said the first time – I was two the first time they brought me along. I was just sitting there looking over. I didn't make a peep, and I was just fascinated. And honestly, I would spend hours as a kid, like, in my room with this full-length mirror, and I swore I was on Broadway. I was, like, singing in front of the mirror, had a chorus line playing, my tape recorder. I was like, I'm going to be on stage one day. (laughs) Um, I would also have the guts, and I wish I was this brave now, but if there was a band playing – at a restaurant live music's huge at least in Florida where I grew up it's huge it's awesome
2: I think outside the, in Europe and Asia and yeah. America
0: yeah like yeah it's so nice so I would have the guts to go up to them at like five six and be like to the band like <laughs> would you mind if I sang a song and they'd be like sure and I would sing, like, The Sun Will Come Out Tomorrow from Annie. <laughs> 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 or like, and, yeah, it was just, like, they were so nice about it. And then they'd start playing along. and That's amazing. Yeah. So but the
1: audience must have, like, also, you must have known you were good, right? And your parents and your grandparents, they must oh, have... Yes, recognized your talent at quite a young age. They made me feel so special. I feel like if I did that, they'd be like, <laughs> get off, get get Dragging off. her off, dragging her out.
2: First off, what is this, like, five-year-old girl doing in the pub? Yeah.
0: <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> Secondly, no, like, your voice. <laughs> they were so nice. Always made me feel like I could do anything.
2: That's anything. very important. Yeah. Your parents are your first fans, like. Just like uh, Sophie's parents, they're our biggest oh. podcast inspiration. Like, you know? <laughs> that's, that's <laughs>
0: they should be. They should be so <sighs> proud. Oh, yeah.
2: when, when did you learn how to play the guitar?
0: Late. Not till I was, it was right before my 21st birthday. It was given to me from someone who's not a part of my life. And so it was like kind of just an interesting like symbol of like, okay, you gave me this guitar, like, but you never see me my biological dad, but like every now and then would remember my birthday. And my mom had told him I love singing. So he sent like this old beat up guitar one year without like a card or anything. Nah. And so it was just sitting there forever and it's sitting there. And then, you know, I love to write, love to sing. This guitar is sitting there, had a good friend who knew how to play really well, had him come over. I'm like, it's time. Can you teach me some chords? And, like, I remember that day, like, again, right before my 21st birthday, taught me the chords D, A, E minor, G, because it's really easy to move. Your, happy
2: chords. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Happy
0: chords. You can write a lot of songs with those chords, mm-hmm. you know, um, and it's an easy progression, like, to move your fingers from one chord
2: for, to for another. To our listeners who are not, like, really well-versed with music, there's a lot of mainstream songs that's made up of, like, D, A minor, G, C. Like yeah, that's what? it. Give, you can him, you, give
1: me an example. Don't put me on.
0: That. <laughs> break even well, by the script. Break is one even by of the them. script.
2: A lot yeah. of things from like um, a
0: lot of country songs.
2: Yeah, a lot of con- like anything that's a happy pop song. Like mm-hmm. pop song means popular.
1: My, my kind of music.
2: Yeah, you're, yeah. you're t- <laughs> Taylor Swift. Taylor Any-
1: Swift. Her, her one of
0: her songs. I forget which one, but she was again massive inspiration back then. Like this incredible younger woman writing these amazing songs that all of us were going through these things. So it was one of her songs that I, was my first song I learned on the guitar. But um, my friend who, who taught me, Andreas is his name, and um, taught me these chords for the rest of the day, I practiced them and practiced moving my fingers from one of those chords to the next so I could have like a fluid movement And it was very basic strumming. Yeah. But the next day I wrote my first song.
1: And what I'm like, that is, just, like, I've, I've never ever written pen to paper to attempt to write a song. But yeah. like, what does that involve? From a lyrical perspective to the composition and like everything,
0: yeah. It, again, it was just one of those things that fit. It just it was unbelievable. One of those magic moments for me was like, oh, oh man, this is going to be a hobby, and this is going to be a healing process. And um, for me and it, it, things that I'd gone through, and instead of you kind of like I did anyway, I bottled everything up. And as soon as I started writing that song, that first song. And do you mind if I sing you like the first verse of it? Yeah, please, please do. It's the, without the guitar. I'll just do a cappella, but yeah. it's that strumming? It was like the basic strumming, and then I started to hum. So it was like mm-hmm, mm-hmm. do 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 do. And I'm like, "Okay, so let's just do that over and over." And then I just started to sing words, and if I thought it was good, i write it down. So the first verse went like you
3: said my eyes shine brightly like the moonlight and you said i can't wait to kiss you baby in the rain but i knew i should watch out because guys like you were never good news but i jumped in had first taking a chance on what could be true love
0: and then the chorus kind of went
3: i know you did like me and I know you did care, so why are you leaving me for her? Cause what we had, it was beautiful, but now I'll never know. You took it, leaving me crying all alone. But you're not
0: worth it. And so I just kind of—that's amazing. That's
2: amazing,
1: what? Thank you. What? <laughs> well, I just <laughs> need a moment. I, like I it <laughs> oh my god! Thank you. That was so. That was the first song you ever wrote. First song.
2: It also makes it super special because we're all wearing the, the, uh, the, the monitors, the in-ear monitors. It's just so nice. Thank Your you. Your voice is just so angelic. And I'm pretty sure our listeners are going to be able to hear this. It's so cool.
0: So how it started was, I think, again, early 20s, I, can't, I kept the same way of writing. So I would find, I would start playing around with the chords find a tune so start humming and then whatever I was going through I would just I would say it out loud but like the first three lines quickly write it down then find a a chorus and then the bridge it was kind of like beginning middle end kind of how you would write like a a little short story or whatever Mm -hmm. that's how I did it as I've gotten older and my most recent songs it's been different so like one of the most recent songs that I've done which you know have you heard I was actually humming a tune in the car driving my kids and I was like okay voice memo going to do just put the voice memo on did that it's like I wonder if I know how to play that on the guitar cuz again very I'm not amazing at the guitar like I know the basic chords get home I could so I actually did the chorus of this song first and then the bridge I'm like that kind of sounds nice and then I did the verses So I did it in a different way. So I think the older I got, I, and I do feel it's a little more intricate as well. The songs and the songwriting
2: It's very powerful, at least to say,
0: and I'm a little less nervous to say in the songs, how I truly feel, you know, especially when you're early twenties, my first heartbreak, I was so adamant about being tough. Like I'm fine. I'll get over it. I'm fine. And so I'm like, Oh my gosh, my heart is in a million pieces. And then songwriting kind of gave me that ability to let it out. But again, I still wasn't, I think I was still had like walls up where I wasn't letting it all out. So now being older, I'm going back and I'm trying to tap into those feelings and writing about it. It's been amazing. And again, for a while there being a young mom, it, it was not about me. I felt like I lost myself a little bit along the way because it was all about these little humans I had to take care of. As they've gotten older, I am now able to focus. I'm getting back to myself. I'm like, songwriting is big. Singing is big for me, especially with dealing with my emotions, letting stuff out. And the songs that I've written recently, I'm like, I'm proud of. I'm really, really proud of because I'm just letting it out. A hundred percent how I felt.
2: And I think this is, this is very important. Like I think for, for me being a creative person, um, a perpetual lover of music, every time that something hits me where like family work or anything, if I feel sad, I'll just like play music. Music has been my outlet for years and years and years, Mm -hmm. like, you know, and, and I can relate to the things that you just mentioned where everything's just like bottled up and you start writing. And I think to me, it's the same when I feel sad or when I feel down, I was just like playing music and instantly I'll feel better. Yep. And I feel so lucky that we're able to do this and have this outlet. So we don't, so we don't do other like maybe nastier things. Right. No, it's just so nice just to have this.
0: Or bottle it in so long where to the point where you feel really down Mm. Because you have to let it out. Every single person, in some regard, whatever we all go through stuff, and we have to find a way or an outlet to to let to release it, to release that sadness. And so, I do feel fortunate. Yeah, that I've had. Yeah, this.
2: music and photography is like my therapy. Yeah, a lot of people when I tell them this, like they don't. It's like, no, why don't you see a therapist? And it's like, I think I'm very much connected to my inner self, and and I feel so lucky that I have. To, I don't have to do it. And I just need to be in this room, this very room, play music. I don't write music because I think it's really tough to write one. It's Mm -hmm. not me, but I would play and sing. And I remember my ex boss um, knew that every time that I get so creative on Instagram, she's like, are you okay?
3: I know. I get that too.
2: (laughs) And it's like, yeah. and, And are you going through something? Yeah, exactly. It's like, because like, I've seen that you've put a lot of effort in here. There's so much emotion in here. It's like. No, but thanks for asking. Mm-hmm. Yeah, this this made me feel something and blah, blah, blah. So I did this. So every time that there's something great mm-hmm. on my feed, it's just like that has meaning. Right. Whether it be like, you know, travel or emotions or anything. But yeah, it's an outlet for me.
1: Right. I mean, the transition from being a career woman mm-hmm. into being a mother. Yeah. How have you found that? Yeah, it's
0: uh, amazing. I've loved it. Again, it was um we're living in a time where people, I feel like they're doing everything and it's Mm -hmm. like, you know, you can do everything. Let's do everything. But for me, it was um, really important that they're only young for a little bit of time. And for me, it was just important that I get as much quality time with them that I can while they're young. I can't believe my daughter is going to be eight in October. You know, I mean, in a year and a half, that's half of her childhood, finished. Yeah. And so I do have to like remind myself of that, of just, just embrace this. Even it, it does get hard. Like at times, you know, especially when they're real young, you're losing yourself a little bit there. (laughs) Your body looks very different and it's just like, boom, like you, everyone loves the bump. Oh, so pretty. You look great. You're radiant. And then the baby comes out and you're like 30 pounds heavier than you've ever been. And it's like, you don't look like yourself in the mirror. That's tough. And no one talks about that. You know, Um, I'd say the journey right after is tough. And I kind of jumped right back into work, too. So I had no time to like just enjoy. Livy was 10 weeks when I went back to work. So I didn't have enough time, I feel, to just enjoy. Let go. Don't worry so much about this. But again, it's just like you're not no one talks about that part of it. Right. It's just like you have to just bounce back. Um, and there's a lot of that on social media. Mm, a lot of that. Um, yeah. I, can imagine. I mean, a have. lot of perfection thrown at you, too. Like, ladies bouncing back, like, mm-hmm. two weeks after, you know. It's like, okay, good for you, but why don't I look like that? And also, like, <laughs> these pictures of, like, these kids wearing all white and playing very nicely on the carpet. And there's, like, a perfect you know, stack of blocks that aren't knocked out. And I'm like, <laughs> so ah. like, I mean, it looks great, right? That's what you're thinking. It's not like that. And if it is for those people, good for them. And tell me what your secret is, but it's <laughs> not like that. So the first few years is a bit tricky just because you don't feel like you. And all of your time's going to these little humans that need you. You got to be there for your husband. You come, you come last. Whereas, you know, just a week ago before I gave birth, we came first, me and my husband, right? So it's finding that groove. But as they've gotten older, it just keeps getting better.
1: What's the best thing about raising them in Dubai?
0: The fact that diversity is normal and they can go up and talk to anybody. Again, that just bringing them up in a culture where there's people from all over the world, different nationalities, they're learning from their peers. There's no judging. Mm-hmm. They're embracing diversity. And that's how I grew up. And that's all I want for them. And um, yeah, it's just that respect as well for diversity too. Um, I see it in them and greeting people. I feel like a lot of kids in this country are very outgoing as well. Whereas when we travel back, it's I think they're a little bit more um, nervous to approach strangers. And like, again, <laughs> we're lucky <laughs> yeah. because here it's super safe yeah, as well. So they have that that's, safety of like yeah you can go they're now at the age where we have a park just across the street they're going and playing with their friends we let them have that independence and do that i would not do that in other places of the world you know i'd be right there with them
2: it's very safe and convenient very safe very safe i sort of like (laughs) want to ask a question that you know once when they're when they're ready to go out of the nest
0: to always follow their heart and to be kind always yeah
2: yeah very yeah. important.
0: And that we're always here if they need us.
2: That's nice. <laughs> what, what, what did, I know that you told me about Livy? like her reaction when she found out that you're going to be on a podcast. Yes.
0: So I was Aww. like, guess what mommy gets to do in a couple of days. She goes, what? I was like, I get to be on a podcast. She goes, that's awesome. And then she goes, what's a podcast? <laughs>
2: <laughs> All right. We spoke about music. We spoke about, that song. Oh, I still can't get over your voice Thank singing. You. incredible. Remember when you played Have you heard the first time? I was just like. This is
1: the song you played to me, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. I was just like right behind
2: the computer and Will's just like holding, watching the camera and I was in tears.
0: Yeah, it's, that's, this that, and that's the one completely let my walls down for. Didn't think I'd write it.
2: But have you, have you ever thought of publishing your work?
0: I don't know how to go about that, Chris. Like, honestly, like I'm just, um, I've always just played because I like it. It's one of those things like I did a couple of open mic nights when I, you know, was 20, 20 or 21, 22. And it was fine. But like, I just I don't even know. I didn't take a look to see how to even (laughs) even do this. It's just something that I love to do. And, you know, if you guys listen and like it, if my close friends and family listen and like it, that's good enough for me. That makes me so happy. That's cool.
2: But I think we need to (laughs) scale it up a bit. Yeah, tired. Don't know how to or go or about not. it. We'll help you with that. And also, oh. I also th- saw that stationery that you're mm-hmm. that you brought to the studio. Could you yeah. tell us more about? It? I think yeah, <laughs> this you can, thing yeah, you can take this
1: it. massive old school binder.
2: I miss binders. <laughs>
1: these? Are these yeah. all your songs?
0: Well, most of them. I need to. I haven't written out in a long time. That's enough these, for an album, right? They're, they're, yeah, this is the one I I sing to you guys. Do that they have the dates one. on them? No, I should have done that. I really should have done that. That was silly of me.
2: Just for the audience to know, Kaylin brought a binder with her. <laughs> We're old school. That's living like here. Made <laughs> yes. by her grandma. It's so cute, and there's like thirty original songs in it. So yeah. if you're a producer or
1: something, yeah, <laughs> Maybe
2: this is a this is an opportunity. Um, but yeah, I've always told you that you're great at writing songs and singing and all these things. We've played a couple of music together, and mm-hmm. every time that we get the chance, would you? Would you grace us with your ever amazing performance and your amazing voice to close this podcast with one of your originals?
0: Yeah, awesome. And I'll do Have You Heard because I feel like I touched on it a bit throughout this episode about the what? guitar, the guitar that I started playing that I, I no longer have and um, just letting my walls down for this one. So, yeah, Have You Heard if that's okay.
2: All right. Can I do that one? Yeah. Cool. All right. Should I grab
0: it? Yeah. The guitar.
2: <laughs> All right, ladies and gentlemen, Kaylin Wheeler.
3: Cause I'm a mom now, and my family is my world. One, two, three, four. Do you ever think about leaving? I was six months old. I didn't know no different. Truth is, I didn't think about it much before I became a mom. Now it's there in the back of my mind, thinking how you did me wrong. Learn to play the guitar you sent me, it's been put to good use. Oh, yeah, trust me. I've got a book full of poems that I wrote on love and loss in life. Built it up throughout my 20s, and it's all turned out alright, cause I'm a best love that I Still, hope you're happy. Cause I am happy. But no thanks to you. No thanks to you. Feels good to sing this song
2: 530 is 100% organically handcrafted by Chris Dabu and Sophie Ryan. You can rate and review the show on Apple Podcasts and participate in Q&As on Spotify. And if you have not already, please subscribe to 530 on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, or where awesome podcasts are available. This has been a 530 production.